Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Marie Goudreau. Marie is a grief coach and end-of-life specialist who walks the path of healing with women who have suffered a profound loss. She specializes in creating brave spaces for women to be seen, heard, and witnessed in the fullness of their experience of loss. Her approach is based on the assumption that you are the expert of your own grief, and her work focuses on guiding you back home to yourself so that you can find meaning in your life in the after. Having lost her partner to cancer, her guidance and coaching comes from both education and personal experience, which allows her to deeply relate to her client's experience of grief and loss. She is the founder of Empowered Through Grief, a coaching practice and community that provides a safe space for healing and post-traumatic growth for women grieving all types of loss. And welcome to our podcast, Marie. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, we're delighted to have you. For some of our episodes, we like to highlight highlight some resources for our listeners with the intention of letting them know some options that are available should they feel they need help or just kind of want a little extra support. And knowing how sometimes things happen, It may also inspire one of our listeners to pursue a new career field, maybe one they didn't even know existed. But before we get started, Marie, could I ask you to give our listeners a bit of your background and how you came to this point in your life as an end-of-life specialist? So, yeah, absolutely. So my my partner, my husband, my, my person, he passed away four years ago from pancreatic cancer. And I, of course put my life on hold so that I could be with him and I could walk him on his journey between between life and, and death. Um, and if you know a little bit about pancreatic cancer, you'll know that it's not very forgiving. And so usually when it's found out, it's it's quite late and there's not much that can be done. So I quit my job. I decided we were going to do this together. We were going to walk this journey together. And so I became his caregiver and his you know, his teammate in all that goes into being with someone at the end of their life. And so I really was there for every step of the of the process from the initial meetings with the, the surgeons and the oncologists and the chemotherapy and, and the experimental treatments. And I even I took him overseas for treatment that wasn't available in the US and Canada. I mean, we did all the things. And, and at the end, I was there with him until he took his very last breath. And once he passed and he left me obviously with immense grief, <laughs> I just I had I had some time to kind of process what had happened to me and to us in those seven months. And I really felt that there was a lack of resources and I was so unprepared for the things I had had to do for the, the life that I was thrown into, that we were both thrown into, right. you know, with, with very little support really. And so I just became really passionate about educating myself and just being, finding ways to be of support for other families and other people who were facing 
similar, you know, similar challenges at the end of life. And so I'm currently studying to become a death doula. Um, right now I do life coaching with women who are grieving. And so I've become a life coach. I've studied life coaching skills, NLP. I have a few certifications that help me really walk with women in their grief journey. But eventually what I really want is to add more to the work that I do and to really provide support to families as they are loving someone and supporting someone who is facing a terminal illness. I think that's great. My mom and I have always said that everyone needs an advocate for them, you know, someone to help them kind of say, no, you're not going to necessarily just accept this one answer, question it. So the obvious initial question is, what is an end-of-life specialist and what are their responsibilities? What do you offer your clients? So at the moment, what I do is really grief coaching. And so in my work with women, I typically work with women who are a little bit further along in their grief journey. So, you know, initially in, in very, very early grief, women will often need more specialized mental health support. And so you know, you do all the things when you lose a person, you have you have some trauma sometimes to process. And so that really needs to be done in like with a trauma informed psychologist or a trauma informed therapist. And so I, what my work with women comes a little bit after that, once you've you've kind of emerged from this fog of early grief, and you're looking at your life, and you're wondering, okay, what now? Like, how do I put the pieces of my life back together? Right. Um, and I work with a lot of young widows who either have small children and now they're, they're transitioning between being, you know, a, a two parent household to a solo parent. Mm -hmm. Or I work with other young widows who were about to start a family and who are now dealing with not only the loss of their husband, their partner, mm -hmm. but also the loss of the dreams and the plans that they had for their future. And this idea of building a family with this person. So there's so much secondary loss in the loss of a partner. And so I really help women just come to terms with all of that and process the complexity of grieving such a profound and significant loss. And what I found for myself when I was in it was that there was really a gap in the resources available to me. So I had a wonderful therapist, but yet my therapist hadn't walked this walk. And so even though I, I could explain to him like all of the secondary losses that I was facing and the loss of identity and the loss of my sense of safety and home in the world and my, you know, the intimacy that you share with a life partner, you know, right. not just physically, but emotional intimacy and all of that. It was so complex. And so I felt there was a gap in the way that my therapist was helping me. And I was really looking for other resources and I couldn't find them. And so what I'm trying to do now in my work is to fill this gap and to really offer grief specific support um, from the perspective of someone who's also been there. So can we kind of call you like a life coach with a specialty in end of life needs? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this that would be the title that I would love to have um in the future. I think right now I'm I I am I'm a grief coach, so like a life coach with a specialty in grief and then uh -huh. eventually when I finish my death doula training and I become certified, then yes, I want to I want to really be an end of life specialist, a death doula, which means the same thing. Um, and I want to, I want to just add services for, for families who are supporting and loving someone at the end of life. So before right. the passing has occurred right now, I really support women in the after. Okay. Just so we can keep terms clear for our listeners. There's another career called death doula, which you mentioned. 
and that's become more gained some popularity. Is end of life specialist the same as a deaf doula? Are there different classes or certifications you go through? It's the same. It's the same. You can use these terms interchangeably. It's the same thing, but there are some death doulas, like what I aspire to be. So I aspire to be an end of life specialist and to really specialize. I'd love to work with families who are supporting a loved one with a terminal, like for example, a terminal cancer diagnosis, which was my experience. And there are death doulas who work with, they're just, they help provide like a, a good death or a meaningful death to different types of people. So not necessarily a person who is facing a terminal diagnosis, but it can be someone who is, who is dying from old age, from, from, you know, someone from a family who is facing, you know, the, the, the imminent passing of their elders. And so it's, it's, you can use these terms interchangeably, but I would like to specialize in helping families who are facing the death of someone by, by cancer, by a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. So you then are really your your goal is to have more of a continual spectrum, picking a client up perhaps when they receive that terminal diagnosis and they're facing all of those steps necessary, decisions to be made, support needed, resources that they might take advantage of through and beyond the actual death of their loved one and help them get started to well, I don't think you ever heal your grief completely, but, you know, so that they can move on and start, I called it redefining my life. I too fought, walked the same, a similar path to yours. My husband was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, which is a very aggressive type of cancer. And it was eight months almost to the day from the time he got his diagnosis till the day he died. And I was with him every mm-hmm. step of the way. It really didn't strike me until after he was gone that my life had changed a hundred percent. It was not the same life anymore because everything I did was based on helping him, supporting him, being with him, uh, making decisions, preparing and everything like that. And although I had a momentary relief, I think, when he took his last breath, it didn't really hit me. Until about, I want to say 30 minutes later, at first I was, I was almost happy that it was over, but it was because I had been grieving for the entire eight months and it was just, you know, the start of a different chapter, so to speak, a different beginning. So I understand fully what you were saying and what you also went through. I wish there had been someone uh, that could have offered some resources to me. Stephanie was there almost as much as I was, she was there for me. And I'm very fortunate to have that relationship with my daughter that gave me that support. But I know many times when you're facing a medical team, you really could have used some additional support because it can be very, very frustrating. So Marie, when I visited your website, empoweredthroughgrief.com, I was immediately struck by your words. I'm a writer. And words, they're my soul. In your words, on your website, there's a serenity, a soft, calming tone to them that made me feel welcome. It made me feel comforted. And I don't think I've ever experienced that before visiting a website. Then it came to me that the reason is that a lot of those words might have come from my own head. 
you were uttering words and putting them down on the page that were my exact thoughts. So I immediately felt this relationship with you. I have to admit, although they might have been my thoughts, you expressed them probably a little more eloquently than I might have. And I noticed you offer a variety of options for people, one of which is a group. Can you explain how a group setting might be of benefit for someone grieving? First, thank you so much for this feedback on my words and my website. I feel this is probably the best compliment I could receive. So I really appreciate that. I'm glad that, that, that it shines through that way. Yes, so I offer one-on-one support for women in grief, but I also offer actually two different types of group experiences. I have a support group, which is a support group slash coaching experience as well, where women who are facing all different types of loss and are at different stages in their grief journey come together. So it's a small group. Usually it's about 12 or 13 women. And we sit together around a virtual table. And the main goal of the group is to provide something that is so rarely found out there in in our grief illiterate culture and world. And so we sit around the virtual table and we share our stories and our stories, not just of loss, but our stories of love. And we get to be witnessed in the fullness of our experience. And so you get to bring all of who you are around this table. You get to talk about your person. You get to, you get to cry together. You get to laugh together. You get to remember the love together and you get to sit in the company of women who really get it. And so there's a, you know, sitting in a group where we relate to one another based on empathy, on shared experience, on like quiet understanding, you know, and when, when one of the women raises her hands and sh- says something that to her feels maybe very dark or very painful or very, very vulnerable, everyone around the room, like this happens all the time. Everyone shakes their heads. Yes, yes, me too. Mm-hmm. There's power yeah. in that. Right. And so that's, that's my group sisterhood and grief. And it's a shorter, it's a 10 week experience. And then I have a six month long group specific for widows who are in the rebuilding stage of their grief. And so just as you expressed, Kathy, so beautifully where you had to redefine yourself, your life, everything, right? Because after partner loss, the way, the way you make coffee in the morning is different. The way you watch TV is different. Everything is different about your life. Yep. And, and your sense of self is different. And so for six months, again, it's a small group of widows who are all rebuilding. So it's, we're not in early grief, but we're not on the other side where, where our life, like we've, we've managed to put our life together in a way that feels meaningful or that feels fulfilling and that makes sense. So we're really in the space of like, who am I now? Like, what are my values? How have I changed? And what do I want for myself moving forward? And how do I carry my person with me? How do I, how do I stay connected to my partner and my husband and honor the past, but while also, you know, being fully plugged into my future, into my life, into to the land of the living? I think that's a great service that you're offering. Um, another option is a writing program. We had an author on a little while ago that spoke to writing as an aid to help someone grieving. But could you tell us in your experience how writing can help someone? Well, I can speak from my experience. I'm also a writer, Kathy, just like you. And so writing is how I process the complexity of this experience. And I've been writing from the very beginning. So for four years now, and it's really how I make sense of what I'm going through, how I make sense of what I'm feeling. So writing can be really helpful in just 
and just taking all of that energy that lives in us, you know, all of these thoughts, all of these feelings that live in our body and just kind of bring it outside of ourselves. And then we can, it can help make sense of something that is really complicated and really confusing, I think. So writing is very helpful. And the writing course that I have up on my website, it's a self-paced, just 10 week, very simple program. And it's meant to help alleviate this fear that I see with so many so many of the widows I work with, this fear of forgetting. You know, the passing of time really makes our memories a little bit more foggy and we forget things. We forget the sound of their voice. Like we forget some special moments that were shared. And there's a fear of like, oh my God, who am I going to be 10, 15 years down the line? And will my husband be a distant memory from my past? Or like, how, you know? So there's a lot of anxiety there that I see. And so because I'm a writer and I've just... I wrote everything down. I wrote, like I was writing when I met my husband. I was writing when we were falling in love. So I have all of these memories put on paper and that has become really precious in his absence. And so the goal of the writing course is for you to just really kind of anchor back into your memories of how you met and your special, the special moments that only live between both of you that maybe don't have pictures to help you remember. And I, I give you prompts and I help you remember so that you can write it down and create a collection of stories about your love, about your relationship. And you can save that for yourself, for the future. You can share it with your children. It can just be something that lives on, you know. Yeah, I was going to mention the children. I I can imagine how something like that could be very, very vul- you know, valuable to your children because eventually they want to connect with their ancestors. And they may have a memory of someone or they may not. Their memories, too, grow a little dim and foggy. So if they have something that you have written, if you've poured your heart out or remembered a favorite memory uh, for my husband, it would just be mention of hot sauce because <laughs> he, he loved see, made Stephanie laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he loved hot sauce. And every time we traveled, he would buy whatever hot sauce he could find. And we had literally cupboards filled with bottles of hot sauce that had never been opened. But, you know, memories like that, they it will always make me smile now when I see a bottle of hot sauce. Yeah. And I don't want to forget that, nor do I want grandchildren to forget that at some point. And their children someday, there'll be a connection in my family forever with hot sauce. Yeah. So I think the writing program is a wonderful thing. And I know there are many people that as soon as you say writing, they think, oh, I can't write. I can't do that. But if you have writing prompts, that that's the solution. Because all they have to do is respond to your prompt. Mm-hmm. And then they can. So that, that's great, great programs. Now, with these options you offer and the fact that you're continuing on for your certification, for your education, to become a certified death doula, how will that make a difference? What will be different about your practice as a death doula versus where you are today? Well, I, I hope, this is my hope, because this is my dream. I'm going to share my dream with you. <laughs> my dream would okay. be that let's say, you know, let's take you, for example, Kathy, when you were supporting your husband facing his cancer diagnosing, his diagnosis, you were his caregiver and his person and his advocate. And you really walked him on his journey between life and death. So I would love to be able to support women like you as you are supporting your person. So I'd love to be there so that we can sit together and we can bring a level of intention 
to what's happening. And we can think about, you know, when it becomes clear that our person is going to die, then it's important to take to take a moment to sit down and have the difficult conversations and think about what does a good death mean to you? And what are your wishes at the end of life? And when when do we transition from being a patient, you know, to being to going back to, to being like to considering the human and their needs and their desires and how do they see their own death and how do they want that to look and who do they want to have by their bedside and and what is the vibe of the room and and what music do they want played and what kind of celebration of life do they want after and those are all things that in the midst of a cancer diagnosis and everything that happens medically sometimes that falls away and there's so many families who don't have time to or or don't even think about having these conversations right So I'd love to be there to help bridge this gap and help sit the families down and have these difficult conversations in a way that really honors the person who's at the end of their life and their wishes and puts the the person back in the center of the decision making. And instead of, you know, the medical institution will put the patient, you know, at at the center, but Mm -hmm. you're treated like a patient. Sometimes you're not treated like a human. Right. And so I'd love to do that and then and then and then continue the support beyond to do what I'm doing now and support women beyond the passing of their person and then into their grief journey. So I'd love to be there, you know, longer term. Thanks. That does make it a lot more clear and and I understand and respect the ideas that you have for that. I know it just it's funny to me how people are led to certain things. You through your grief me kind of through mine, because uh, I told the story before how 30 years ago, when my mother wanted to talk about the plans she was making for when she died, I would literally leave the room. I would manufacture an excuse, a meeting or something, and I would literally leave. I could not even participate in any discussion at all about death. I had, by that time, I had lost an infant son. I had lost my father, just could not discuss this with my mother. And then after I retired from a senior living community where I was working in IT and medical records, my mother eventually passed. So I was forced into that grieving mode. And then after that, I found a job as a consultant at a hospice comfort Mm. care home the exact field that I had been (laughs) running from for years. The staff, the environment, the patients, the families all helped me see things so differently. And I read a book by Atul Gawande on being mortal about that entire, oh, the entire dynamic for doctors, especially about being trained to cure and to restore life. But sometimes they do it at the cost of quality of life. And that entire question came into being. And that book and my experience at the hospice comfort care home just changed my life considerably. And I eventually found my way into continuing on with hospice. Now I volunteer at a different hospice comfort care home. And Stephanie took the job I had at the original comfort care <laughs> home. So when the decision to, we were going to start up another restart, actually, a bereavement group. And Stephanie and I, we always try to think out of the box. And all of a sudden, the word podcast floated to me. 
And that's how the podcast was born. It came to us. We didn't go to it. And we certainly at the time knew nothing, nothing about podcasting. <laughs> and it's much different than writing, but I love it a lot more than writing. It's really a lot more fun. <laughs> we we have talked to authors. We, I think one of our podcasts coming up maybe next week is an author who wrote a wonderful children's book about dealing with death and remembering. Absolutely wonderful. We've talked with um, Claire Bidwell-Smith, who did on anxiety and grief, the missing stage. We've talked with so many people. My knowledge base has grown. My passion to make grief and dying and death a little more comfortable for discussion. And again, you did it with your words, grief illiterate. And that's really what it is. So we just want to offer information in the hopes that just in listening, people will be a little more comfortable discussing. Mm -hmm. So I, everything you're doing just really, really speaks to me. Now, you are based in mm -hmm. Canada, but your clients don't have to be in Canada. No, they? my client base is actually quite international. And I love seeing that. So most of my clients are actually in the U.S. I have some that are in Canada, but I have women that I'm supporting who are in Australia, in the U.K., um, in Bali. <laughs> I mean, because everything okay. is online. Right. And so, yeah. 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 I know yeah. If, if anything good came out of this pandemic, it's the fact that we realize that we can do so much virtually. And I think it just opens things up so much more now for a support system that you don't have to stay within your city or an hour away. You can go to whoever uh, works for you, you know, whoever you find that that uh, click with and work with. I think that that's the positive that's come out of the pandemic, I think. I agree. <laughs> yes, and I think there's growing numbers of people that have really taken hold of that support and that international networking, if you will. Yeah. And maybe this is exactly the group that eventually is going to unify the mm -hmm. world. I will hope for that and, and nothing mm -hmm. more. We're, we're quickly nearing the end of our time for today, Marie. But I want to first offer you the chance to share with our listeners what they might find if they visit your website, any offers you might have, or any other news you might wish to mention. Okay, so my website has all the information about who I am, what I do, um, and the support that I offer. It's a welcoming place for women who are living through all different types of losses. Um, at the moment, actually, my one on one coaching is quite full. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, I am ready to launch the second cohort of my program called Rebuild and Rise, which is for widows who are in the rebuilding stage. So our first cohort is ending this month and I'm beginning with another set of women in May. And so that will be the thing to look out for in the near future. But otherwise, every, all the information is up to date on my website and People can also find me on Instagram. That's honestly where I spend too much time. <laughs> and my community, my people, my just my people are on Instagram. This is where I found you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's where we found each other. And yeah. so yeah. people can connect with me on Instagram. I share almost every day. And it's, there, it's a beautiful space. It's a beautiful, supportive, loving, inclusive space that I've created on Instagram. And so I think that's one of the best places to connect with me. I agree. 
And and we do for our listeners, uh, again, I'll remind everyone out there internationally that we post contact information on our website and also in the episode notes that are on your podcast apps. We did meet on Instagram, and I strongly encourage any and all of our listeners, most of you, I'm sure, on Instagram, connect with Marie. You won't regret it. You will find, again, this serenity, this positive feeling, just an overall sense of comfort and support from Marie. So start out, connect on Instagram, check out her website. You won't regret it at all. I'm sure it will make your life far more rewarding. Again, listeners, thanks so much for listening. I hope you found it informative and some inspiration also is sent to you today. Thanks for tuning in. Check back next week because we'll be back again. And love to everyone as we all continue to live in grief. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.